Welcome to It's a Good Life podcast, where it's all about helping entrepreneurs think, feel, and do better. Today, we're picking up where we left off last episode. Here's Brian. Let me say this. I love America. And this little deal right here is a great example. And how they produced, built, and marketed this sucker is just amazing. And I remember growing up in Ireland just as a kid going, these guys are just awesome, because they had fun doing it too. In 1854, they formed this company called Timex, and what they did was the American ingenuity came along with the European clockmaking. And they said, we're going to do this together. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to do things that no one ever done before. We're going to make them precise. We're going to make them effective. And we're going to make them so that every person, so it was going to be the Model T of watches, because watches used to be like an heirloom, was a pocket watch, and only rich people had watches. And so the guy who founded Timex was a lot like me. He was kind of a poor guy that kind of made it big. And he said, I want to get a watch to every American so every American could tell time. And so they, they, he built this great company with these great principles, and they came and they took great market share, and they did all these great innovations. And by the 1950s, they had produced the first waterproof, shock-resistant watches because watches, if you went over a bump on the road, the watch stopped working. And if it got wet, done. So they built this waterproof, shockproof watch, and they created the marketing. So, and they, so the marketing and the promotion here is a business class in itself. You want to promote your business in 2023, you want to be like a Timex 2. We want to be like a Timex as a person, so we're five circle fit, so we can bounce back. But as a business person, let me tell you, these guys got it going on. And they started their campaign, takes a licking and... Isn't that, wouldn't that be great to have said about you as a person? You're going to take a licking. That's what I want to tell you. I noticed a positive motivational seminar. You're going to take a licking. That's why I'm going to have you write it down. You're going to take a licking. I've been to events where they say, no, no, it's all about what you attract into your life. You just have to attract goodness. And if you attract goodness, that's all you should be is good, good, good. Crap. That's crap. They lead people astray with that crap. They hurt people with that crap. I've been a part of this stuff. I'm in the positive motivational panel Larry King goes up and down the line. I knew every one of these dudes. Have you ever had a bad day? No. You ever had a bad day? No. It's all perspective. You ever had a bad day? No. You ever had a bad day? Hell yes. And I've been with these dudes when they had bad days. Because you're hurting people when you say that. Because when they come out with that crap, people are sitting there going, there's something wrong with me. Because I've not only had bad days, I've had a lot of bad days. There's something wrong with me. These are selling you something. It's not good. It's not good. It's not help. That's the stuff that really gets me going. Because you're going to take a lick. And that's the goal of being positive is how you go through that, how you approach that. Does it shake your faith? Does it shake your approach to family? Does it shake your attitude? Yes, you go down on one knee, you take a standing eight count, but are you going to pick yourself up and go again? Yeah, the, the wristband, it's going to fall off. It's going to happen. And you prepared six times before. It's going to happen. Be in fitness and being fit in all five circles mean I'm prepared for it. If that makes sense to you, say I. Albert Schweitzer, one of my favorite people who's ever lived on the planet. I've read every biography about him. If you want to really get inspired, read that man. One who gains strength by overcoming obstacles possesses the only strength which can overcome adversity. One who gains strength by overcoming obstacles possesses the only strength which can overcome adversity. Where are we at right now? Survey finds are the largest survey company in the world just brought this out. They said, forget 2020. Half of Americans said that 2021 was the worst year of their lives. 
Now, I know that's how it felt to people, and people's feelings are real and to be honored. Life is hard, but it's good. That's why we say it's a good life. We don't say it's the awesome life. That's not our slogan. Everything is awesome. That's a Lego movie. Life is good. It's good, but it's hard. There's setbacks. There's setbacks. My daughter's in a sport called dressage. Terrible name. It should be called setbacks. <laughs> setbacks. We look at these people who are heroic or have these great stories, but we don't get the whole story. Winston Churchill. I have more books on Winston Churchill actually in my library than anything else. Just read the entire, are involved in the entire Larry Arn documentary series. I, mean, I don't know, 15 volumes, a gazillion words. If I read 12 pages a day, they say it'll take me 20 years. But there's a lot of nuggets in there. Churchill was going to go down as one of the great men in history. Now, let me tell you, by other measures, you could have said, this boy's a real loser. He was so awkward as a child, his mother knitted him a helmet. I'm going to say that again. The entire future of the Western civilization that we know today was in the hands of a man who had a knitted helmet. The family business was getting into military school. They used all their name and privilege to get into the military school. He flunked out of military school twice. In World War I, he led a campaign. It was his idea called Gallipoli, considered the most disastrous military campaign in the history of mankind. You liking the resume so far? At the beginning of World War II, he finally convinced the Americans to get involved. And he said the way to do it in Europe was to go to Italy because it's real easy. Italy's going to be a cinch. We'll get it done in a few weeks. That didn't work out so good. He also won after World War II, and he was the guy, and he was the leader and the hero. World War II ended in May of 1945. Three months later, they had a general election. He got booted out of office. But history remembers him as one of the great men who ever lived. And it says success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. That's right. Winston Churchill was a bounce-back guy. He was a bounce-back guy. And because he kept bouncing back, at the end of the day, they call him a hero. They call him a legend. He's lived a great life. There's other dynamics. There's disappointments. Disappointments. Now, in the world we live in today, modern parenting says, honey, don't get your hopes up. In our family, we say, get your hopes up. Yep. My daughter, Anna, wants to go compete for America in 2024. Here's the deal. I want her to get her hopes up at the risk of getting crushed by it. Do I want my daughter to get crushed? Nope. But I sure as hell don't want a much more catastrophic thing. I don't want her to live under the burden of low expectations for herself. I'm not the one asking her to go to the Olympics. Trust me, I had to pay for that damn horse. I don't want her to go to the Olympics. Okay? I should have had, she had a great golf swing. Why I didn't keep her in golf is a mystery to me. My great mentor, Augmentino, said, never feel shame for trying and failing, for he who has never failed is he who never tried. And I know these are trite phrases, but let me tell you, it's principle, it's truth, and it's power. Never feel shame for trying and failing. Every book of success has chapters of failure in it, every one. When we do the good life stories and we do one of our videos about one of the great people in this room who's transformed their business and life, when we go to see the person, the thing that makes their story so powerful is usually the thing they're embarrassed about. That's why we're very gentle in how we go about doing this, because they're like embarrassed. Oh, I lost everything, or I was in debt, or I was bankrupt, or my husband left me, or I had this, or I had that, or whatever. 
And we come along and say, listen, we're going to tell your story in a beautiful way to inspire other people. But the thing that makes their story inspirational is the thing they're embarrassed about. There is no shame for people who tried and failed. Are you with me? I, I know who I have in the room here. I don't have to work too hard on that one. You guys are willing to try. You guys have chops. Huevos rancheros. <laughs> Mistakes and failure. Mistakes and failure. Now you go do something and you screw up. Now this is old. This is old school stuff, but I like old school stuff in new school environments. Uncle Abe. Uncle Abe was a litany of catastrophe. Defeated for the state legislature. Like, I mean, that's like not being able to be dog catcher. He went bankrupt twice in business. He had a nervous breakdown. I'm going to go, he, all five, sorry. He was defeated for Speaker of the House. When he finally became Speaker, he lost the renomination. They said he couldn't speak. Defeated for the Senate. He was defeated for being Vice President. Vice President! You go to funerals and open factories, and he couldn't get the job. And he had a very, very bad hairdresser. Very bad. <laughs> he said this, great quote. He goes, my great concern is not whether you have failed, but whether you are content with your failure. Are you content with it? We're going to take a lick, and life's good and hard. There's setbacks, disappointments, mistakes, and failures. We want to be like a Timex. We want to keep on ticking. Here we go. Here comes the happy. It's all happy for the next period now. No more beating you up. This is all happy, 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 happy. Turn to the person next to you and say, he's finally getting to the happy stuff. Go on. He's getting to the happy. We're going to keep on ticking. How do we keep on ticking? Bill Bradley. Bill Bradley won an NBA championship with the New York Knicks. He was a senator, and he ran for president. Pretty nice resume. His major quote in his life was this. He said, ambition is the road to success. Persistence is the vehicle you arrive in. How do you keep on ticking? You persevere. Oh, by the way, in this room of 3,000-plus people, I know there are 3,000 stories of perseverance. I know you've been through the ringer throughout your life. You've been through some unbelievable things, and you kept on ticking. How many of you know you've been through some extraordinarily difficult things, but you would say it was the making of you? Let me see your hands. You don't want to go through it again, but it was the making of you. Here's the next piece to this. We're going to persevere. How do we do it? By putting one foot in front of the other. You're not going to change your financial picture in one day. You're not going to change your health picture in one day. You're not going to change your emotional picture in one day. You're not going to change your mental picture, your relationships, your business, your finances in one day. How do you do it? One foot in front of the other. You remember we had Alison Levine here? Now, we brought Alison Levine here. She led the first female expedition up Mount Everest. We brought her here when her and her team, first female team ever to go up to Mount Everest, they get within a day of it and they have to come back down. They fail. And we brought her here. And she told us a story. Now we brought her back when five years later she went back up and got back up on top of that mountain. It was the first female team to ever conquer Mount Everest. She failed first. She said she learned a lot more from the failure. But she said this, she says, don't have to be the best, the fastest, the most skilled climber to get to the top of the mountain. You just have to be absolutely relentless about putting one foot in front of the other. Relentless. Persevere. We're going to take licking and keep on ticking. The old story in the farm, the little boy has a stepdad that hates him. Puts him into a big pit of manure. He just happily goes in there digging and digging and digging. The stepdad comes out, 
hour later. Why, you got a smile on your face. The kid keeps digging. He goes, I know there's a pony in here somewhere. <laughs> Lastly, don't give up. Don't give up. It's easy to. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on a family member. Don't give up on anything. Don't give up on America. Don't give up on your neighbor. Don't give up. Keep going. And if you're in the tough times, keep going. Winston Churchill said it this way. If you're going through hell, keep going. Get the hell out of there. Sometimes it's easy to waddle instead of camp, isn't it? And by the way, you'll find friends and misery companions who will sit there with you. Poor little old me party. Plenty of people will do that. Plenty of people will sit around and say, the market's destroyed, the country's destroyed, the economy's destroyed, everything's destroyed, everything, culture's destroyed. Kids today, millennials, Gen Z, da 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 da, da, da. Plenty of people you can sit around and do that. The technical term is the French term. It's called loser. Comment allez-vous? The losers. We want to take the losers out of our life. Okay? The next thing is we want to keep perspective. How do I keep perspective? I married it. She has a phrase. She says it this way. This too shall pass. Now let me give you a little trick because I've told you people this before. This one hurts sometimes because everything's going great. Can't put a foot wrong. Business is booming. Life is good. Horses are healthy. Kids are killing it. Grandbabies love grandpa. Grandpa's skinny and hot. <laughs> Everything's going good. And my wife will say, this too shall pass. <laughs> when you get down in the valley and you don't think there's another day, and that darkness, that darkness, that darkness that takes people, biggest epidemic right now in this country is anxiety, not coronavirus. Record number of suicides. And the reason being is that when a person gets to this point, they believe that the next day holds no more benefit than this day. I know in a room like this, there's a lot of people who've experienced someone in their family in this spot. What's the phrase here? How many of you paid to come here? So your job is to remember the crap that's coming from stage. Let's try this again. When you're on top of the mountain, what do you say? When you're on the bottom of the valley, what do you say? And you'll be right. My dad used to say, when you're on top of the mountain, throw a little dirt in the valley, it'll break your fall. And you can do that. And you can do that. Okay? You're going to keep on ticking. One foot in front of the other. We're not going to give up and we're going to keep perspective. This last piece is going to go quick. I'm a firm believer the mind can only absorb what the bladder can hold. I know. We're going to turn the Timex into a Rolex. Why not? Come on now. We want the principles of the Timex, but we want the action of the Rolex. Nothing wrong with that. Very famous speech by John F. Kennedy, 1961. Things were not looking good. Bay of Pigs. Things had gone wrong. People wanted his head. He just made one of the biggest blunders in American foreign policy. And he said, when written in Chinese, the word crisis is composed of two characters. One represents danger and the other represents opportunity. So when you're in the midst of a situation that looks like a lot of danger and bad and opportunities right here. So how do we turn the Timex into Rolex? First thing I'm going to do is keep your eyes on the prize. The rest of this event is geared towards what I have here in the next few minutes. 
We're going to keep our eyes on the prize. How do we keep our eyes on the prize? What would be something you could do to keep your eyes on the prize? Have some goals. Goals are how you keep your eyes on the prize. That's your prize. What you value. What you want to do. Where you want to go. Where you want to be. Who you want to be. Paulo Coelho wrote The Alchemist, said no one can hit their target with their eyes closed. We keep our eyes on the prize. What do we not keep our eyes on? Fox News, MSNBC, the Communist News Network, all of these different people. (laughs) That doesn't help me, has never helped me achieve a goal in my life. In my life. Are you with me? In my life. They sell advertising. They sell advertising. That's the business they're in. CNN is in a real pickle right now because their ratings are so low. They're coming up with real dramatic ways. How do we become more dramatic to get people to watch us so we can resell our advertising? That was the board meeting last week that I got to listen in on. That's fine. That's their business. What's your business? And are you taking care of your business by watching what your life is about? Those people are not spending one second thinking about your life, your goals, your vision, what God's called you to do, where your life is, where your family needs, not one second. So don't give them one second. Not at all. I watch that stuff, I get a few stats, and I get some great comedic stuff. Out the freaking door. Next, celebrate your wins. Celebrate your wins. You got to celebrate your wins. No matter what, you're going to hear me say this over and over today. Now, by the way, I'm terrible at this. The worst. Well, I'm the second worst. My brother Dermot is the worst. And together we are worst and worser. So our company will achieve some great thing. And we're like, yeah, yeah. Now, let me tell you what I was thinking about for next week. And the rest of them are like. (laughs) And here's what I found over time. When you don't celebrate your wins, guaranteed to burn out. When you don't celebrate your wins, you're guaranteed to burn out. When you don't celebrate your wins, you're guaranteed to lose the emotional benefit. Let's say you're in a lot of debt. Let's say you Let's say you have a $10,000 credit card debt and you take a year to pay it off. You need to celebrate that win. Yeah, but I still have more debt. Now, you don't go spend 10 grand on the celebration. (laughs) Some of you need to write that one down. (laughs) Celebrate all wins. So I'll give you a great example. So when I realized the picture in Dallas did not look like what I was looking for, So I said, I'm going to take some immediate action, then I need to reestablish some habits, and away I go. And I'm going to talk about the habits later on. So I got a referral, actually, from one of our clients, Kitty Stockton, and she told me about this place called the Pritikin Center, okay? So I went on down to this place. And I went down, it's down in Doral, Florida, where the average age is deceased. (laughs) But they have this place, and this guy is Dr. Pritikin, and it's basically, it was basically an immersion, and it allowed me to work on content. I'm just down there by myself. There's four golf courses. I do this type of eating, I do this kind of medical program, I do this kind of exercise, I do this type of golfing, and I do this type of writing on content. It was fantastic. And then, so most afternoons, I'd get done about 3 o'clock, and then I'd go out and play golf. And I was the young stud at the golf course. It was awesome. I mean, I, I played golf with people like... I played golf one day with a guy named Nate Morris and, and Raul Diaz. And Raul Diaz was 93 years old. And he was... Uh, Cuban exile, family left under Castro the last minute of the night, had a big business, came over, built the entire Doral area golf course. Where I'm telling, one day I'm going to do a podcast on what I learned from that man. So I'm just hanging out, but these guys think I'm the stud of all studs. Okay? I hit a seven iron, 172, and I'm 20 yards outside their drive. So one day I'm playing with Nate, 
Nate's 83. He's a young guy. They call him the kid. And he's, he can't hit the ball 150 yards and everything. He's just, the whole day, he just, rem- everything is what he can't do anymore. And I get that when you get a little older. And he hits the ball and it's, and then this is going on and going on. He's just Debbie down and I'm trying to pump him up. It's not going very well. So we get to the ninth hole and he lives on the ninth tee box. And his wife comes out in the golf cart. And she's this gorgeous 80-year-old that just, I mean, just a beautiful woman. And I'm starting to pump my book. Oh, the girlfriend's here, Nate. Come on, man. Let's go. Pump it up. You got the girl. You got to impress the girl. And she's just sitting. <laughs> and I'm just doing my best. I mean, I got the smoke machine going. I'm giving them the full mastermind treatment. I want to get this guy over the finish line. <laughs> this story is as true as I'm standing here. So he stands up, big open green. He's hitting from the most advanced tee. He takes out a driver. It's 120 yards to the hole. He hits it up to the right side. It's in the bunker, I think. We're walking up, walking up, walking up. Look in the bunker. Look in this bunker. Look in that bunker. If you've played golf long enough, you go, ball's in the hole. Ball's in the freaking hole. And he's like, oh, what you? I start going ape bananas. I'm running around the green with the flag like Braveheart. Ah! I go, look at you. The old dog, he's still got it. You know, the honey shows up and he's flexing for you. And she's, oh. <laughs> so then he goes, well, that was great, Brian. I take a picture. I post it for him. And he's taken off to go back home. I go, where are you going? He goes, well, you know, that was, that was fun. That was fun. I go, get out of here. That's a tradition in golf. You hold him one. Got to go buy everybody a drink. He goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> so I get him in the cart. I have his wife call. I go over to her. I said, call every friend he has. Call everyone he knows. We go up. I get in the front door. I go to the barman. I go, get everybody back in here. I make this big deal. And ladies and gentlemen, 120 yards, soaring to the air, a slight draw, two bounces, boom. And he turns to me and he says, Yeah! Place is going bananas. Place goes bananas. I go, I'm buying drinks for everybody. Now, I did not know how much old people can put that crap away. You got the good stuff behind the bar. I'm like, honey, we're raising the price of Mastermind next year. He reaches out to me about every week. This was in March. He says, I think about that every day. He said, I don't think about the whole one every day. He said, I've never had a celebration like that in my life. We had a great time. And I got to pay for it. <laughs> Lou Tice, Pacific Northwest, he runs Pacific Institute, great hero of mine. If you remember, the time to be happy is now, and the place to be happy is where you are. You'll find a joy that no amount of money can buy. The time to be happy is what's the word? And the place to be happy is where you you'll find a joy that no amount of money can buy. So here's some tips. Don't go it alone. Don't go it alone. We got to get the self out of self-help. One of my favorite verses says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other, but pity anyone who has no one to help them when they fall. We all need a little bit of help. So we want to keep our eyes on the prize. We want to celebrate our wins, and we don't want to go it alone. Are you guys all good for this? Here's the tips. We're going to go through this quick. 3.9 million people have written goals at me in a seminar. It'll be 3.9 million and 3,000 a day. 
Clarity is power, and vague goals promote vague results. Let me say this. If you're feeling the heat and feeling burned out, you need to get super specific about your goals in detail. I want to be happy is not a goal. We're going to get real, real specific. Next, goals that become a plan. The goals, this is the dream I have. Now, what's the plan to get there? The plan is to support it. This is not me. This has been around a long time. Famous Irish philosopher, Aris Ostatl, said this. First, have a definite, clear, practical idea, a goal. You heard that before? An objective. Second, have the necessary means to achieve your ends. Wisdom, money, materials, methods. Wisdom, money, materials. This is better than any CEO who's given a presentation today on a Fortune 500 company. And third, adjust all your means to that end. This is worth remembering. Have a definite, clear, practical idea, which is a goal, an objective. Second, have the necessary means to achieve it. Wisdom. He leads with wisdom. We're a world drowning in information, starving for wisdom. Wisdom, money, materials, and methods. Tomorrow you're going to hear how you recession-proof your businesses, change your methods. And then third, adjust all means to that end. Years ago, I gave you a definition of a goal. It's the end to which all effort is directed. What a bounce back requires? New routines. New routines. That's a prescribed, detailed course of action that you follow regularly. Sometimes you tweak your routine. Sometimes you overhaul your routine. John Maxwell says you'll never change your life until you change something you do daily. The secret to success is found in your daily routine. Next, you know I'm going there, a coach. Wow, there's eight people who like their coach. That's so rewarding. So, oh, just so, <laughs> oh, so meaningful, the work that we do. Let me say this. I pity anybody in the next two years in our space that doesn't have a coach. They're going to get their butts kicked. They're going to get there because we're about to have a change. That's not going to be a gentle change. You need someone to help you along the way. The great John Wooden, I spent 10 weeks with him in 1997, won 10 national championships in a 12-year period of time. Pretty good. He said, a good coach can change a game. A great coach can change a life. I'm happy to say we got some great coaches. Milestone celebrations, right? Just like a hole-in-one. Nelson Mandela said, remember to celebrate milestones as you prepare for the road ahead. What's a milestone? So you're going to run a 26-mile marathon. They tell you what each mile marker is. You celebrate each milestone. Does this make sense? Okay, we got this discipline to get in. We got the next discipline, so on and so forth. Making sense? Clearly defined goals. Goals have become a plan. We're doing this tomorrow. New routines. A coach, celebrate each milestone. We're going to get you ripe and ready to go. We talked about how to be five circle fit. How many of you want to be five circle fit? Let me see your hands. How many of you want to be like a Timex? Because it takes a lick and then keeps on. And then we talked about what a bounce back requires. Now, growing up in Ireland, you know, you got to remember... The rest of the world, no matter what anybody says, to this day, and I've been saying a long time, the rest of the world looks at America with either awe or envy. Now, by the way, when you have awe or envy, that also produces a lot of other emotions on the other side. Does that make sense? I never forget bringing our dad to the Kennedy Space Museum. Now, you've got to remember, our dad was born in America, left when he was seven, just in time for World War II, and um, never timed the market, Buffini's. We're not very good. But we brought him back 
and, you know, we were, we were doing, we had Neil Armstrong coming. And we went down the Kennedy Space Center, and there was an Apollo 11 rocket. And have you ever been to the Kennedy Space Center? There's three places I believe every American should go. Washington, D.C., believe it or not. Washington, D.C., an amazing, amazing place. The Kennedy Space Center in Florida. And then they need to go to Normandy and see what the price of things are. You go over there, they've kept it the exact same way. The French people who are not known for their pro-American stances and everything in Normandy, they've left everything the way it was as homage to the people who paid a huge price. And where's all my Canadian friends? Where's all my Canadian friends? Let me say, come on, the Canadians. It's great that you escaped. It's glad that you're here. Uh, you're probably going to have to stay here. They won't let you back in, but I'm glad you made it. And many people don't know the price the Canadians paid. You go to Normandy. And the Brits, too. But my dad and I are there, and there's a, they have a Saturn rocket like a nuclear missile with a cabin on the top of it, and they have it suspended in the ceiling because that's what America does. We're going to build a little museum, and we're going to take a giant rocket, turn it on its side, and hang it from the frickin' rafters. And my dad walked through, and it was the most... Because he always presented himself as a Yank when he was in Ireland. But he's as Irish as the day is long. And we're walking through, and he, we walk under this rocket in the Kennedy Space Museum in, in silence and in awe, and he turns to me and he goes... Man, the Yanks can do anything, can't they? They can just do anything. I still believe that. I still believe that. And a great example when I was growing up as a kid, you know, we had American movies and American music and this and any other, but when an American commercial came on and it had that swagger, you know, when the GIs came over, the Brits were like, you know, they'd take a lump of coal and turn up a diamond in their butt, you know, yes, sir. Yes, yes, and the Yanks would have the kind of hat, kind of sideways, you know, a big jaw. Nobody's shaved in days. You know, we just loved the GIs. But when I remember seeing this commercial as a kid, and it stuck with me, and a wild deal is, you know, 40-some years later, 45 years later, whatever it is, I got a chance to present this. But I saw this commercial as a kid, and it was the first day in our home that we had a color television. We were the first people on our street with a phone. First people on the street with a TV. We had four channels, black and white TV. But the old man got us a color TV. Must have got it at a deal somewhere or the back of a house that he was painting. <laughs> and we turn on the TV and it was color TV. And on the very first thing I remember, I don't know if it was, but the first thing I remember was a Timex watch commercial. And I don't know if you'll remember this one, but they had, to show how tough and shock resistance they were, they, they taped the watch onto the belly of two sumo wrestlers. And they had the, you guys remember this? <laughs> and they had the sumo wrestlers slam into one another and then fall on the watch, right? Shock resistant. But I always remember my favorite part was, here's this big, strong sumo wrestler, and they ripped the tape off his belly, and he goes, oop! <laughs> Takes a licking and keeps on. That's who we want to be. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.